0: You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Amen. Come on, give the Lord one more praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and grab a seat. Praise God amen today I want to minister on a message entitled what is your jericho what is your jericho amen you need to circle your jericho now i want you to turn to the book of Joshua in the old testament Joshua chapter 6 i'm going to be reading verses 1 through 5 i'm reading out the, the new living translation amen it's on on there on the on the screen there uh, but it says now the gates of jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. And no one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead with the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march the town seven times. Somebody say seven times. With the priests blowing the horns, and when you hear the, the priest give one loud blast with the ram's horn, all the people shout, somebody say shout, shout as loud as you can, and then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. Amen. Here, amen, if you know the story of the Jericho walls, amen, here the Israelites have been wandering for 40 years. 40 years, amen. As as they got closer to Jericho, it seemed so massive, it seemed so large, and they they felt that they were small compared to the city of Jericho. Now, you got to understand why the generation before them felt like grasshoppers. You You remember that story when they send the 12 spies, amen, and and, and, and 10 of them came back with bad reports, amen. They're, they're massive, they're, they're this, and we're just grasshoppers before their eyes. So, so this is the, the second generation. All that generation has already died, amen. And this is the new generation. But there was a good report by two, amen. One was named Joshua, which is the leader here now, and Caleb. Those are the two that came with a good report, amen. So you've got to understand that, that, that fear gripped them. All of a sudden, they were reminded again of the, what their ancestors said, that, you know what, uh, this is so massive, there's no way that we can take over or conquer this town. See, the walls, the city's walls were six feet wide, and they were 50 feet tall. And, they, and that, this wall encircled the city of Jericho. And so it seemed that God had promised something impossible, that the battle plan that God given them didn't make sense. It, it didn't make sense. You, you think about it. March one time for six days, then on the seventh day, march seven times around this enclosed city that had a six feet wide and fifty foot tall wall. And and, and they're thinking God's gonna give us a city when we do this, and they're probably thinking really if this. Are the walls really going down from us just marching around a wall? Does it make sense to you? Come on. I mean, if we march around this whole plaza and do the same thing, do you think these walls will come down? You know, we would think there's no way this is going to happen, even if God told you. And here they are, they're thinking there's just no way this is going to happen. So, you would think that the Israelites would think, you know what, God, why don't we help you out? Why don't we just get a battling, a battling ram? Why don't we just bust on through? Why don't, we, why don't we scale the walls and climb over and take over? Why don't we shoot some flaming arrows and smoke them out? I think those, that would be more sense than walking around a thick city wall for these, for these many times around to see the wall come down. But instead... God told them to silently circle the city. He says, I don't want you guys to say one thing. I don't, I don't want you guys speaking uh, through all this and watch me move. That after the seven day of marching, 13 times around this city, that the walls of Jericho would come down. And I think that, that the first time around the city, the Israelites kind of felt a little foolish I mean, they're probably just walking around these walls and say, I don't know if this is going to work, man. Do you see the, the thickness of this wall? you see how high this wall is? And they're, they're probably just marching. Now, they're doing it in silence. God told them, don't speak a word. I want you to march around. I want you to trust in me. And so they're marching around, but I'm pretty sure they're looking around, and in their mind they're thinking, no way. We look pretty silly. I'm bringing the wall, the people from the wall looking down, looking, making probably making fun of them as they're marching around. What are these guys doing? But with each circle, listen, church, their stride grew a little stronger. With each circle, they, they started to walk with a little holy confidence, amen. Uh, with each circle, they, they started thinking, this could probably really happen, amen. Uh, and there was an anticipation in their spirit. And you know what? Uh, as they started to walk uh, these days around, something started to happen inside the, these people and say uh, they started to anticipate God is about to do something powerful. So by the seventh day, I mean, these guys are excited. You ever felt like God was gonna do something big in your life? You ever felt that, man, this is the day that God's gonna move? You ever you ever been excited to come to church on a Wednesday night? You guys look excited today. Some of you guys said, man, I just, you went like this, you just I'm here, right? I just made it in. Some of you guys, you know, you're just, just dragging, amen. And, You know, you're checking in, the pastor won't tell me nothing or text me tomorrow, where were you, or something like that. And so, you know, come on. They were excited, man. I don't know if you ever felt excited. Every time I come to church, I'm excited. Every time I come here, God, what are you going to do today? Uh, Come on, you're going to show up and show out again. Who are you going to touch? How are you going to move? Who are you going to speak to? But these guys were excited that God was going to do something special on that seventh day. On, have you ever woke up expecting you ever woke up man that you know what uh, come on excited knowing god you had something in your spirit saying, you know what today is going to be the day today we can't miss church today vieja get up get the kids ready we're going to church i don't care if you're sick get, come on let's go you ever got your old lady and pulled her by the grañas and say vamonos we're going today woman or telling your telling your husband today we're going. Come on, you're not gonna make any excuse. We're all looking around. Amen. Come on, you fell. You know what? You woke up and said, "You know what, God? I, I feel that God is going to answer one of my prayers today." God's gonna move on my behalf today, amen. I'm going to an interview and I'm you know what? God's gonna move, I'm getting the job. Or God's gonna give me that raise when I go have my 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 my, my whatever it's called review. There you go. I don't get no reviews, all I do is sell more, amen. That's my review. You gotta sell more. Well, you know what, uh, today today may be the day I receive good news from the doctor that cancer is gone. Come on, something has happened. Uh, healing has happened. You know, I just feel today that today I'm going to get a good report. This is how these guys felt on that seventh day. So they got up early, I mean, to start the circle of the city. Remember, they got to do it how many times that day? Seven times. It's not just one time. It's seven times. And so I'm going to give you an idea how long it took. It took three hours to march six times around that city. So it wasn't a little walk. Now they're walking in silence for three hours. And now they're finally going into the last lap. And I'm pretty sure that, you know what, something's breaking in their, mi- their mouths. And they're starting to smile singing. This is, this is going to happen right here. They're, they're getting excited. And in keeping with God's command, amen, they did not say one word for six days. They circled the promise in silence. I wonder if anyone here could be silent in the Lord. Come on, I wonder if anyone here can be still in God, amen. Let's be honest. No one likes waiting. Come on, how about if God told you, don't say a thing? Come on, if God said, don't defend yourself, you better bite your tongue. Don't say a word. And watch what I do. I wonder if we would do that. If someone just came at your face, telling you off, and God says, don't say nothing, walk away. I wonder what you would do. Here, they're not saying nothing. They're getting excited because guess what? After the seventh times, what's going to happen? They finally get to speak, hallelujah. They finally get to say something, hallelujah. So they kept silent until that final lap, amen. And the priest uh, finally sounded the horns, amen, and 6,000 Israels, shouted with a a holy roar, amen, and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down, amen. They shouted out, come on, I want you to give a shout in the count of three. The loudest, I'm talking the loudest. Don't just go, ah. Pretend you're yelling at your kids, moms and parents. I know you can be loud, amen. Wife, I know you can be loud towards your husband, Come on. Or husbands to your wives, some of you guys. I know that some of you guys got some big mouths here. Come on. So the count of three, I want you to shout with a holy roar and just yell. Just, ah, are you ready? Come on. Something's going to happen right now. Come on. If you have an anticipation, listen, something spiritual can happen right now. Something can happen right now in your situation. Something can happen in your sickness right now if you can speak it with a holy confidence. If you're holding on to something, if you've been circling a promise, I, I say right now, it sounds silly, but if you give a shout say, God, you're going to move right now. I'm going to shout. I believe that God can do something supernatural right now. I don't know about you. I'm crazy enough to believe that. So the count of three. One, two, three. Woo! Yeah! Imagine if this building started going. I would push all you guys all the way and grab my wife and go outside. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I forget. Cherise going to make it on her own. She'll be all right. She'll be all right. Where's the baby, the baby? But here they are, amen, amen. Imagine six hundred thousand voices shouting. I don't know about you, but I think God can use a voice like that to tumble down walls. I mean, here is a six foot or so six wide, six feet wide thick wall, fifty feet tall, hallelujah, coming down. Imagine being there. Imagine being there, seeing this miraculous thing just happen right before your eyes of something that seemed impossible. After the seven days of circling Jericho, God delivered, listen, God delivered on his 400-year-old promise. This promise was 400 years old, church. Listen, proving that promises, listen, God's promises to you don't have an expiration date. Come on, somebody. It's not on the timetable, amen. You you, you didn't miss it. Come on, somebody say, thank God. Come on, you didn't miss it. Your your opportunity, your healing, whatever God has for you, you did not miss it, amen. It has no expiration date. God's promises are still valid today, amen. They still stand today, but will you keep circling them? Will you keep believing God for them? Will you be still and know that God's going to move on your situation? See, are you waiting? Are you waiting for an answer to your prayers? Are you waiting for God to show up and show out in your life right now? Well, I'm here to let you know, church, that if you keep circling that promise, my God, our God, will always deliver. Come on, somebody say amen. But you got to keep on praying. I say you got to keep on praying. The thing is, we pray and we don't get answers, so we stop praying. Come on, somebody. Some of you stop reading your word. I'm telling you, you need to read the word of God, amen. It's the breath of God, amen. It's the written word. We need your word. We need to read his word. Don't stop reading his word. Don't stop praying. But the thing is, we stop doing those those two things, guess what happens? You stop coming. You don't come to church. You show up once in a while on a Sunday, amen. Wednesday, you don't totally come at all. Hello. It's the truth. You stop those two things, those two principles, the very principles that give you hunger and give you life, church. You stop reading the precious word of God, amen. You you have no desire for God because his word brings life. His word brings order. His word brings understanding, amen. His word brings strength that we've been going over on, on the breath of God, amen. You need the word of God, and then you need to build that relationship through prayer. But you stop those two things in your life, you die. And then we complain, to God about our life, yet you're not doing nothing about it. See, they're, they're complaining, stop now. The generation before complained for 40 years. They wandered in the desert. 40 years uh, to God's promises. And God says, neither one of you are going into the promised land. Cut them off. He says, you know what? I'm going to wait till a new generation rises up and until all you guys die. I'll let your sons and daughters go in, but you're not going in. Moses didn't even go in. Now this new generation comes up, and the same fear grips them. But Joshua, who was a powerful leader, says, come on, guys, let's do this. This is what God's telling us to do. And I watch him deliver his promise. So this generation said, you know what, we're going to do this. We're going to believe God. are any believers in this house? Come on, are you believing or are you buying the lie of the devil? Come on, are you accepting it? God wants to do something different and he will deliver on his promise. Uh, But what, listen, what is your Jericho? That's the question tonight. What is your Jericho? Come on, you see, when God delivers, God delivers big. He does it in a supernatural way. Uh, He does it in the miraculous Come on, when God, and when you're waiting for something, God moves in a special way. But what is your Jericho today? See, what God did in Jericho in this passage of Scripture, He can still do today. Let me believe that. Come on, somebody. And that should put a confidence to circle the promises that God has given you or spoken over you. Some of you guys have received a word, and you guys just threw it away like garbage. You're not standing on the word that's spoken over you. And I know that God has spoken over people in this house, amen. But you're not standing on the word so you don't see the promise coming, amen. And all you're doing, God is speaking directly to you by a man of God, a woman of God, and you get the, that, that promise and you throw it away because you're not living on it. Come on, somebody. If I look in that garbage can right there, I bet you there are some promises that you guys have thrown away and not believed God for. They're probably inside this trash can right here that you have thrown away throughout the the years. We're talking years now. I wonder how, how much you would feel this garbage can of all many promises God has spoken to you that you have not stand on or stood on. You come to the altar and you just throw it. It's all you believe, but then you just throw it away. Because the very next service, you're just like before. you not standing on the promise of God. You're not standing on what he wants to do in your life. We stop circling God's promises. We stop believing. We think it, God can't do it. There's no way God's going to do this in my life. There, there's no way that God's going to move here. Uh, you had a little hope on the, uh, right there on that service on Sunday or Wednesday uh, where you had some, some hope rise up, but then you leave and you face your situation uh, and all you do is throw it away. No, God's not going to move because God starts, something happens to your house. You get a bill, you get, you, something happens to your children, something happens and you just say, forget it. It's not working. I give up again on the promise that God spoke to you directly. He spoke to you directly. It wasn't something common over the pulpit like a a message. He, He called you out. God's speaking to you. He loves you that much. He calls you out. But then we just throw it away. I wonder how many promises are here. Really, how many promises are there? You know what disappoints a pastor when somebody doesn't stand on their promise? And I know it disappoints God. And I see so much potential, so many things, but you're sticking, you're, you're letting life just take over. And some of you guys just don't care no more, thinking that well, if I just show up to church, I'm going to heaven. And the Bible says on that day, away from me, if I never knew you. Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Didn't I go to church? Didn't I give tithes? You know what? Away from me. Your heart was away from me. I I never knew you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to face that kind of situation. I want to know that I'm in. I want to know my name's in the book of life. You you search my name, and you know who I am, God. I I, I know what I've done, and so come on, church. God moves in a miraculous. What He did back then, He can do today. But the question is, What is your Jericho? For the Israelite, God delivered on a promise given to Abraham. About a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a miracle that they've been hoping and waiting for all their lives. But what's your Jericho? What promise are you circling in prayer? What miracle are you marching around for? Circling your prayer starts, listen. With identifying your Jericho. You have to identify the promise that God has for you. The miracle that God wants to believe for you. And the dream that God wants you to pursue. See, when you find that out, then you need to continue to circle your prayers until God gives you what he wants for your life. Amen. Until his will becomes your will. That is the ultimate church, guys. Not my will, but Thy will be done. This was a prayer for Jesus. Amen. That took, after he prayed that prayer, he was able to bear the cross. Maybe you have not prayed that prayer that you can't bear what you need to face. God's waiting for us to say, God, not my will, but your will be done in my life. And that's when God starts to do the miraculous. But here's the problem, church. For most of us, we don't get what we want. Simply because, listen, we don't even know what we want. Some of you guys don't even know what you want. You have never circled any of God's promises. You have never never circled anything that God has placed in front of you. All we have circled is selfish needs, listen, instead of God's will. We have never listed listed any goals for our lives. We have never defined success for ourselves. We have no dreams. So instead of circling prayers, we end up walking in circles. Hello. So listen, you have to identify your Jericho, and then you need to circle it with prayer you got to identify your, your, your Jericho. See, 400 years later, after, after the, Jer, the, the Jericho uh, miracle here, after the walls came down, another miracle took place in the same exact place. 400 years later, in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 27, another miracle takes place. And it says this, as Jesus went from there... Two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. Right here, Jesus is on his way out of Jericho, and these two blind men shouted out and waved Jesus down like a taxi cab. Jesus, Jesus, son of David. Kind of, well, not taxi cab, probably Uber. Like down an Uber, calling an Uber, texting an Uber to pick you up. Now his disciples, they see these two blind men and they think, well, you know what? These guys are interrupting the master. He's interrupting what God's doing right now. He's getting, they're, getting, he's, they're getting in the way. But to Jesus, he sees a, a divine appointment. So what does Jesus do? He stops and he responds with them with a question. What do you want me to do for you. Now, let me ask you a question. All right? Don't take a genius to figure out this question. These two blind men come to you for prayer. What do you think their prayer is for? To get a job? To drive a car? What do you think their, their prayer request is to you? Hey, hey, bro, can you keep me in prayer? I, I wanna. Right? So, why would Jesus ask him a question if he already knows? Pretty much everybody knows. They're two blind men. That's how they're recognized in the Bible. Two blind men come to Jesus. But see, Jesus forced them, listen, I want you to listen here, to identify or define exactly what he, they wanted from him. Jesus made them verbalize their desire. I want you to listen. He made them speak out their want. He knew what they wanted, amen, but he wanted to make sure they knew what they wanted. How many know that Jesus knows what you need? The question is, do you? See, we pray, God, help me in my sickness, but instead instead of praying, God, heal me from this sickness, God, help me through this struggle, instead of, God, deliver me from this struggle. Listen, don't accept it. Identify it. Don't accept your sickness. Don't accept the things that are coming at you. Identify it and go the opposite of it. See, Jesus wanted to make sure that they knew what they wanted. This is where drawing prayer circle begins, church. Knowing what to circle. What are you praying for today? I don't know. My family, money, money. Some of you guys don't know what you, what, what, what you want from God. And so how do you expect God to move? He already knows what you need, but you've got to identify the need. Listen, if Jesus was here today, if I was able to get him as a guest to come to our church, amen, but he didn't come to preach, but ask the same question to you, uh, what do you want me to do for you? will you be able to answer him? Will you be able to define or spell out your promises, the miracles or the dreams that God has put in your heart? I don't think that if we were facing Jesus right here and Jesus was here or, or a mighty God, a, a mighty man of God was in front of us, I don't think we'd be asking for selfish things at that time. Come on, let's be real. I don't think we, if Jesus was really here, we we ask him for a new car. Or money or big screen TV. I don't think we would ask him that if we knew that God Almighty was here. Amen. I think many of us will have no idea what we really want from God for us. Church, listen. If we can't answer this question, then we are blind spiritually as these two men were blind physically. So as God is for us, listen, we have no idea what we want God to do for us. No wonder, listen, that our prayers are boring to us. No wonder we don't like praying. No wonder we don't like to come to Saturday morning prayer and seek God. Because we're, we're, our, our prayers are uninspiring to God. Now if faith, listen, listen, Is being sure of what we hope for. Then being unsure is the opposite of faith, isn't it? There you go. Listen. A well-developed faith results in well-developed prayers. And well-developed prayers result in well-lived life. Come on. One hand clap. Everyone should be hand clapping. Come on. A well-developed faith. If you really put your faith in God, it's going to result in well-developed prayers. You're going to know how to pray to God, amen. And well-resolved prayers, amen, live. A, the results is a well-lived life, a good life, a blessed life that all Christians should have, all disciples should have is a well-lived life, not a boring life, not a struggle life, not a, not a I-can't-make-it life, not a people-of-no-hope life. We're people of hope, aren't we? Come on. Come on. We, we've been set free, haven't we? Come on. God already died on the cross. Amen. That was done? Amen. The blood of Jesus covers you. Amen. And if we can just develop some faith, it will develop some prayer. If we can develop prayer, we can live good church. Tap into the promises of God. Keep circling them until God moves. Not my will, but thy will be done. That has to start first. You've got to circle your Jericho. Don't circle problems. Don't circle defeat. Don't circle sickness. Don't circle these things that identify you. You have to start circling your Jericho. But before you do that, you've got to start to identify your Jericho. Without answering that question, your prayers will draw blanks want to spend time with God, you want not pray, you'll run out of prayer. You'll pray for two minutes and that's, that's, you're done. Because there's no promises that you're circling. There's nothing that you're asking of God to do in your life or desires your time to do inside your life. We're praying some simple prayers and then we're calling that prayer life. Start identifying your Jericho. You need an encounter, listen, with the Son of God, amen, just like these two blind men. But you have to answer the question that Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? You You've got to answer that question to Jesus today. Of course, over time, that answer changes. Amen? We go through different seasons in our lives. Come on, we, we need different miracles in our lives as we start to go older in Christ. Amen? We pursue different dreams in our lives. We claim different promises on different situations. But I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about today, church. You have to start somewhere. Why not here? Why not now? Identify your Jericho. Don't just read your Bible. Circle his promises. When you circle promises, guess what? It jumps out at you. Anything you circle, anything that you highlight, guess what? Jumps out, right? Don't you highlight? We got any highlighter, guys, people? Highlight Bibles? Come on, you highlight? When you highlight, because what? It it, it hits you, right? This spoke to me. I got, whoa, I got. So every time you go there, boom, bam, it jumps out at you. Boom, there it is. Amen. Down the road, you're going to need that same highlight in your life. And God speaks to you again. When you open up, and it gives you a promise that you forgot about. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to anybody? So they jump out, so you got to identify, don't just read the Bible, circle those promises, write down goals. We got any goal writers? Or we just live by day by day. Come on, come on, set some goals for yourself. What do you want to do next year? What do you want to do in your marriage this year? What do you want, where do you want to go this year? Come on, whatever, come on, come on. You, listen, you're not going to go nowhere if you don't plan. You got a plan, church. You got to save. It gives you something to shoot for. Don't just live day by day, another day, another dollar. Amen. I I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, I'm shooting for a goal. I'm shooting for something. I want to be in a different place with God by the end of this year, Amen. I want something greater in our in our conference this year, and so I'm taking I'm taking a step of faith. I said, "Let's move it on now. Let's go to the East Side Canary. Let's go to something bigger, God. Come on, it's going to be bigger. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if we're going to meet the need, but God, you're going to do something. I can't wait. Come on, somebody." Write down a list of things that glorify God, not yourself, not a list of wants, some new shoes, hair dye, Tack to my eyebrows, buy those shoes I like, with some goals. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with personal goals in the home. You should have home goals of making your house nicer and we want to do this or do that. Or if you're a homeowner, whatever it is. You know what? I want to save up. I want a a nicer car for our family. That's a goal to shoot for. The list of goals that glorify God. A nice car to make it to church on time. Hallelujah. That one's a free one for somebody. Church. You have to identify your dreams, claim your promises, and spell out your miracles. Come on, you need to spell out your Jericho. Jericho is spelled different ways, church. If you have cancer, you spell it out, H-E-A-L-I-N-G, healing. Don't just say, help me to deal with cancer. Help me get healed from cancer. Come on, uh, come on, if your child is lost in bounty, man, then spell it out. S-A-L-A-V-A-T-I-O-N, salvation. Some of you guys are going, no, oh, no, he's going too fast. Come on, if your marriage is falling apart, then spell it out. Reconciliation. I ain't going to spell that one out for you. Whatever it is, you have to spell it out. Whatever it is, got to write it down on paper and you got to circle it. Sometimes Jericho is spelled without letters. Sometimes it can be dollar figures to get you out of debt. Sometimes it can be zip codes where God is calling you to. It's different spellings, but you've got to spell it out. Don't accept it. Identify it. Identify your Jericho. Identify your promises of God. Encircle the church. Come on. Aren't you tired just making it through the week? Don't you want to strive through the week? Don't you say, man, this week's going to be good. Don't you want to wake up Monday, man, like any other Monday? Say, this week, I'm going to start it out good. I'm going to get in my word. I'm going to circle my Jericho, amen, and I'm going to believe on the promises of God. And Sunday, I'm going to shout. Sunday, I'm going to give God a shout. Sunday, I'm going to celebrate my salvation. I'm going to celebrate the healing of of my marriage. I'm going to celebrate the sickness is won over. You've Got to spell it out, church. Shout it out. Get excited for God. Yet yeah, we live in the battlefield, and we, we look like we've been in the battlefield. Man, I mean, we, every year it's like nothing's different. You know, I'm here. I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> That's kind of our attitude. We we just want to make it for today. Just want to make it a day, you know. We we go back to the old rapping song, you know, just rip make it for the day. I don't know what that song is, whatever. I'm talking nonsense now, amen. <laughs> There's a song that says you want to just make it for the day. Yes, yeah, whatever. But some of you guys don't even pray, you just say make it a day. Well, we need to pray to make it today. But man, I don't. I don't want to. I just don't want to make it. I want to strive in it. I want to. I want to show people. You know, serving God is the blessed life. Serving God, I go through problems. You know what? I don't care. God is in control. Amen. I, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to trip. Amen. I'm just going to keep circling my promises. I, I'm going to spell out my dreams. Amen. I, I'm going to spell out the promise of God. And I'm going to spell out my Jericho. And I'm going to give a shout when God tells me to shout. Amen. And those walls are going to come down. My son will get healed. My daughter will get healed. My marriage will get healed. My finance will be healed. Everything will be healed with one shout from God. Some of you guys still not believe. Sad sometimes that we've been in church so long that we forget God's promises. Some of you guys have been saved too long. Too long that you say, he hasn't moved yet, so I'm just here. Come on, church. I'm circling promises. I'm excited for God. I want God to move me in my life even more. I want God to move in your life even more. I want to do so much for all you guys, and I see so much potential.
1: And I said, man,
0: they're not circling their Jericho. Man, that couple hasn't been, sh- haven't shouted for a long time. Remember when we were crazy and get shouted, man? Back in, back in our, when we started our church back there on, in, on Sahara, man, we used to run out of the parking lot. Remember? Some of you guys we were run, yeah, Gonga lines, we were running out, man. We were shouting in the parking lot. We went out there, we're people are looking at us. What's wrong with that church? Ah. And we go back in church, amen, and we go worship God. I mean, we were excited, a bunch of it was just a bunch of people that just loved God. We didn't we we have problems. But let me tell you, we, we had a lot of shouts. I miss that church. To be honest with you, I miss that old church sometimes. Because it doesn't matter, but when we praise God, we praise God. Sometimes, man, sometimes, i got to clap. But to clap for one note from you. And then it's over. Man, we were excited back then. We circle promises, man. We were radical. We believe God for anything. Now we, man, eh, whatever. It is what it is. We kind of accept it. We accept it instead of identifying it. We all go through seasons, church. I've gone through seasons, man, where I lost it. I lost the promise, I lost the vision, I got frustrated. It's like Moses, I got frustrated. I got frustrated with the church, I got frustrated with, with God. I got frustrated with my life, things hit my life. I was getting frustrated. I said, God, I didn't sign up for this, you know what, well, forget it. Forget these people, bunch of necks. I'm serious, man. I was like, man, I was praying families out. I got to pray that family out. I'm starting to hate them now. I'm being honest. People can rub you wrong sometimes. And if they're not for you, get out of here. That's my, that was my attitude. And God says, man, there's something wrong with your heart. You lost it. You lost it. You're not praying like you used to. You're not praying for this city. You don't have a burden for the lost. You want everybody just to come in and just flow automatically. Come on. You, you, you don't want to disciple no one. You don't want to spend time with people no more. You don't want to get on your knees and pray for that family, and that husband or that wife. You don't want to pray no more. And God, man, I, I had to repent. I'm just being transparent to you guys. So I started circling prayers again. You started giving me my dreams again and my vision again. And I started fasting. I said, God, I need to fast more. I need to get in Your presence, God. I, come on, I need this excitement. I need to just get in. I need to start worshiping You and forget about everybody else. That's why a season I was standing up here for a moment. I don't know you remember that. I would come every time right here and and worship God right here because I wanted to get into his presence. I was distracted by you guys because I was saying, who's worshiping, who wasn't? From here I was looking around. Oh, yeah, look at them, look at them. Oh, man, they're going through troubles. And I wasn't worshiping God. I was just checking you guys out. Oh man, he's gotta shake my head. I'll try this. You know, this one over here. So I came over here. I said, God, I'm distracted. I'm not focused on you. I'm, I'm, I'm a worshipper. I want to worship you. So God says, Step out. So I stepped out, and then all of a sudden the worship team said, Oh, he's checking us out now. You know, They're, they start freaking out. I'm, I said, I'm not. I'm not here for you. I'm here for me. The pastor just wants to get closer and say, oh, who's messing up on that chord? Who's singing the wrong note? And I wasn't doing that. So now I'm distracting them and so God says, go back. I said, you found your place so just worship God from here. There's times where I'll go take a look around but then there's times I get to remind myself, God, I'm here for you. I want to just worship you just want to get lost with you. If I see someone, then I start praying for you. God, just touch them today. I don't know what they had. They may have had a bad day. I'm not here to judge no one. Huh? God, pray for them. I start praying for you guys. Let them get it. Let them get excited again. Spell it out, church. If you want victory, you got to spell out victory. V I C T O R. Why? Come on, spell it out. Come on, you want to overcome? Spell out overcome. O V E R C O M E. Some of you guys are like, yeah, that's right. If not, ask your phone. Overcome. Oh, there it is. Whatever, whatever it is. Get some help, spell it out, circle it, church. gonna we'll close tonight. Everything, listen, everything traces back to a prayer circle. But you have to spell it out. I'm, I'm here to let you know that I was one of these for 10 years, that my wife circled for 10 years. She didn't let go of the promise. Highlight, pretty soon she just made copies that way she didn't have to write no more. She just made Xerox copies and just changed the date. That's all she did. The same prayer. Just like Miriam praying for Charles. See, that, that, that she's circling a prayer. And I'm here to let you know your brother's going to get saved because of your prayer circle. I'm telling you the truth. You keep praying. You keep believing Charles is going to walk in here and get saved because of your prayer circle. Because you're announcing it. You're not even circling but you're announcing it. Doo, 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 doo. Pray for Charles. It's an announcement. She's shouting it out. She's circling and she's shouting. you got to circle those prayer prayer. you got to define your dream. you got to claim your promise, and you've got to spell out your miracle, church. What is your Jericho? Identify it. Circle it. Give a shout when God tells you to. Amen. Let's all stand up.